Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 35 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for being the almighty God that you are. May we sit at your feet for a few precious moments today and learn from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, in Mark chapter 7, we find the Pharisees are upset with Jesus again. Upset because Jesus and his disciples were not ceremonially washing their hands, among other things. He wasn't following the normal traditions. He was bringing change into the world, and the people didn't like it. As the number of his followers was growing, the Pharisees started picking apart everything he did, all out of jealousy. Their hearts were hard and they did not honor God. They just wanted accolades from the people. So when we see this type of behavior around us, the, the nitpicking and such, let us be wary that there may be something more going on and then deal with that. Later in the chapter, Jesus tells the people that it is not the food we eat that makes us dirty, it's our hearts. So let's make sure our hearts are right with God today. If there is something you need to confess, he is always waiting for you to go to him and be made clean. I am thankful we have this luxury today because a little over 2,000 years ago, they didn't. We don't have to sacrifice animals to be made temporarily clean before God. We simply need to confess our sins and we are made clean in his sight. Later, we read about the woman who was not an Israelite asking for healing for her daughter. Again, it was her faith in Jesus that Jesus responded to in healing her. Let's just see how many instances require faith to heal in future chapters and books. Now let's see what Paul is writing about in Romans chapter 7. He compares and contrasts the law with grace. He writes about the law's purpose being to identify sin. And when he operated under the law, his sin seemed to be even worse. However, now that there was grace, he's not bound by the law and he lives freely. In verse 7, he writes, Nevertheless, if it had not been for the law, I should not have recognized sin or have known its meaning. And in fact, the law's intent of giving life did just the opposite. Verse 15 is a well-known verse. For I do not understand my own actions. I am baffled, bewildered. I do not practice or accomplish what I wish, but I do the very thing I loathe, which my moral instinct condemns. He even calls himself a wretched man at the end of this chapter and wonders how he can possibly be saved. His answer to his question is in verse 25. Oh, thank God. He will, through Jesus Christ, the anointed, our Lord. Our only escape from sin is Jesus. Our only hope of living in righteous, righteousness is in Jesus. And when we don't, his blood covers our sin. This is love. This is grace. God showed his love as he sent his son to die for us so that we could be clean in his sight. Well, God shows himself powerful and magnificent in Exodus chapter 19, as if he needed to do any more, but he did. He wanted the people to know his power and might. He wanted them to know who he was, and he wanted them to honor them, him, Pay attention to verses 4 through 7, where God tells Moses to tell the people he wanted them to obey him so they could be his, so they would be a kingdom of priests, so they could be a holy nation, so they would be set apart for worshiping him. 
Well, there was a whole decade I wondered what my purpose was. I had many conversations about this, and over the years, as I pressed into God for an answer to the question, I heard him say, your purpose is to worship me. When I finally understood my purpose was to worship him, my whole life changed. He still deserves our worship today, and I've said this before, and I will likely say it again. God desires our worship every day, not just one day a week or a couple times a year. He desires our worship 24-7, just as he desired it from the Israelites. God told Moses he would appear in a huge cloud over the mountain. He would talk to Moses so the people could hear him. Why? So they would believe. Believe there was nothing he wouldn't do for the people he chose for himself. He wanted them to believe in him. He still wants that today. As we read the word, I encourage you to consider the times we are reading about, but also how those same principles can be used by us today. Tomorrow and the next day, the word is alive with truths and wisdom. We are privileged to read it and allow ourselves to be changed by it. That's the power in the word. Exodus chapter 20 is famous. Famous because it is the reveal of the Ten Commandments by God. The people were afraid of the thundering cloud and asked Moses to not let God speak to them for fear they would die. But Moses tells them not to be afraid. In verse 20, and Moses said to the people, fear not, for God has come to prove you so that the reverential fear of him may be before you, that you may not sin. That they may not sin. Reveral, reverential fear of the Lord is key to not sinning. When we truly revere and honor God, our hearts do not want to sin. It's the same as honoring a spouse. We want to please them and not do them harm. Thankfully, we have the Holy Spirit to help us today. We are covered by Jesus' blood. The Israelites didn't have that way back then. I am often thankful I was born here and now because I do not think I would have made a very good Israelite thousands of years ago. God shows his love for his people as he showed himself mighty on that mountain and then gave them the rules to keep them for himself. Psalm 35 is written after King Saul had fallen asleep just outside of the cave that David was hiding in. David was surrounded, yet he would not take the life of King Saul because Saul was the anointed king from God. Even though Saul had erred, he was still God's anointed. You can read about how David cut part of Saul's skirt so he could show Saul that he would not take his life, even though Saul thought, sought his. This is found in 1 Samuel 24, I believe. We can see David's pain as he wrote this psalm. David was on the run from Saul for years. But we know what God does with years. He trains us to be the person he needs us to be. David learned to be a leader and a warrior during those years. Things he would need to be as he took the throne. David ends this psalm, as always, with God's righteousness and praise in verse 28, which says, And my tongue shall talk of your righteousness, rightness, and justice, and of my reasons for your praise all the day long. We can follow David's attitude of praise in the storm here. Let's look for reasons to praise God, even when our lives are difficult. Let us pray, O oh Lord, thank you for choosing us to know you and worship you. Thank you for showing us your greatness and faithfulness. Help us receive your love today and share your love with others. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. 
Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word. 